Would you say she deserves that help? Yes. <laughs> and so the question is, when you think about it, do you think you deserve the help? Welcome to the Tomination Time Podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu, Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Talking about this and your struggle... Mm -hmm would also be very beneficial for a lot of other people. So sometimes it's okay to be a little bit selfish, you know? And, you know, take something for yourself because it's going to benefit other people. Um, that being said, one more time, I just want to ask your permission. Is it okay if I'm uh, having kind of a scuffed discussion? I'm kind of walking around and, and doing some sets while we're talking? Oh, yeah. That's totally fine. Okay. And, and you're not going to be... Um, you don't want to show any video, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Perfectly fine. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I want to resume where we're talking about. I'm kind of just bringing people up to speed. F7, she has been diagnosed with endometriosis, but extreme physical and mental pain gained back all the weight uh, that she lost. She cannot find the motivation to diet or work out again. I feel so discouraged. Do you have any advice? So what I said earlier was it sounds so hopeless and so useless. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I've I've lost weight before and then gained it back, and it just feels like I'm gonna keep doing that. So I'm hearing just it's futile, it's hopeless, right? You can't, you yeah. can't, you can't. What's the point of trying? I've been here before. Mm -hmm. Have Have you experienced that before? Like, uh, besides the weight loss stuff, where things just felt kind of hopeless and pointless. Um, not to this extent, no. And not anything I can think of off the top of my head, but probably. When did you start feeling like it was hopeless? Well, once I like got diagnosed, like I was in a lot of pain for months before I got diagnosed and we didn't know what it was. And then once I got diagnosed and found out it was chronic, that's like when I really felt like all not just useless, but like worthless, like mm -hmm. who would want this burden in their life? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's it wasn't just a diagnosis of your body. It's a diagnosis of you as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like it changed a lot of things in my life, not just uh, my physical state, who I thought I was, who I could be, who I could like it put a lot of limitations on myself. Yeah. That I really didn't want to have. It, it, it what, to me, it, what I'm hearing is it, it sounds like that day is when everything changed. Mm -hmm. Like almost like yeah. a, a big part of you died. It is just you're not the same anymore. What, what do you think yes. about that? Yes, because before I got diagnosed, you know, it felt like there was all this pain, but maybe there's, you know, a solution. And now, like, it doesn't seem so much like there is. Yeah. That sounds, um, I, that really does sound, uh, I, I think that that's probably, that, that has to do a lot with the hopelessness, um, mm -hmm. and the futility and, and all that. Right. Cause basically what mm -hmm. I'm hearing is yeah. this isn't so much, um, a lot of this hopelessness, it sounds like it's coming from 
the whole identity has changed and the future, like you had future plans perhaps yeah. of how life was going to be. And now that's all gone. Does that yes. sound like what your experience was like? Yeah. <laughs> and just like, just so many things I couldn't do. Like, um, uh, me and my partner went to like a pool party during all of this and I was in pain and I just broke down because I couldn't go into the pool because I had a lot of stuff going on and I was in a lot of pain and I just was crying by myself downstairs while everyone was in the pool. And it just like was a huge realization. Like I might have this happen to me so many times in life. Can you tell me more about what you were feeling at that time? Like you, you broke down on the stairs crying. What, what were yeah, you feeling like, like? Well, like I was a burden and like, I was going to be alone no matter what, because no one understood really what I was going through. And even when they did ask how I was doing, it felt like I was just like, oh, you know, I'm okay. And it was so much worse than I ever really let it be to anyone mm -hmm. else. Sorry. No, please, please keep, keep going. Feel, don't, don't, don't and, worry. Uh, um, it just was like... Ooh, I had to act like I was okay a lot of the time. And um, it was just, um, the pain was a lot worse than I let on. And the mental state was a lot worse than I let on. And I just felt so lonely. Like if you just fell into a dark hole and no one could help you out of it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Let's, let's just sit with it. That that was a lot, and I'm glad you shared that. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to touch more on the burden part. Mm -hmm. So you said you felt well, like a burden. Have you felt like a burden yeah. in the past to people? Uh, yes. Can you share? Uh, that I have because, um, well, my younger life was really hard. My... Uh, mother's a drug addict and so a lot of the times like family members would have to take me in and you know I felt like a burden a lot as a child mm -hmm. why did you feel like a burden <sighs> and by the way if ever there's just questions or territory you don't want to go um please feel free to say like I just don't want to go there I don't talk about it uh, I think it's important to maybe explore some of these topics, but um, mm -hmm. if ever this is too much, you know, just you have permission anytime to just say, let's just not go there and we don't have to talk about it. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also uh, take your yeah, time. Definitely. This. Yeah. This is helpful. This is already helpful. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, the stuff in my, like this, the pain thing, everything from the endometriosis is very new and it's been hard to talk about, but I've been trying to get it out and mm -hmm. this is helpful yeah I, I first of all i'm really glad you're here talking about this there's lots of love in chat oh thank you for thank i'm not you. sure reading chat actually you probably shouldn't because it's distracting but there's lots of love in chat <laughs> so Thanks, guys um yeah take your time uh about sharing about being a burden because i, I want to understand more about as a child when you felt like you're a burden and why Mm -hmm. with with uh, other family members yeah well that was rough I had a I had a very very rough upbringing which I've I've come to terms with now um but like uh we lived in 
you know, not a great area. My mother was a drug addict. She was putting me in constant, you know, like physical and mental danger all the time. And, um, you know, my family members kind of took me in and made sure, like my aunt took me in and made sure I was doing okay in school because I was failing and I had um, behavioral issues. And, you know, my grandma would come over and clean because the house was always a mess and just everyone was always doing stuff for me. And as an adult, that messed me up because I felt like I should never have to ask for help. As a child, were you taught that that was wrong somehow or you shouldn't be asking for help? That you shouldn't be counting on your, on your family members? I wasn't taught it, but it, uh, it was obvious to me that it was a hindrance on everyone in my family who had to deal with it. You know? How'd you know that? Like they had to, well, like, well, everyone was always fighting constantly and everyone was always crying and everyone wanted to make sure I was okay no matter what. And they would have to take their time to come over and do things or take care of me. How old were you roughly during those times? Oh, well, since I was a baby till I moved in with my dad in eighth grade. So what I'm, what I'm trying to, to dig at and explore is I want to hear how and when you came to the realization in your head that you are burdening the family members and you're taking their time because a two-year-old won't know that, mm -hmm. right? A three-year-old won't know right. that. But eventually right. at some point, there's going to be a time where you're going to kind of realize, oh, wait a second, I'm, I'm burdening them. I'm taking their time. They will mm -hmm. make it known to you or teach it to you somehow, or you'll, you'll realize it. And so I'm wondering if you had any kind of experience like that. Yeah, I, I guess I don't really know the exact moment. It was just a lot of feelings. You know, I probably blocked a lot of stuff out too, but um, I remember like the moment I really felt it the most was I have ADHD and I was put on medications when I was younger. And um, I learned that those were my mother's drug of choice. So she would steal my medication. So I thought like the reason she was a drug addict was my fault. Mm. And that was really, really hard. And so did you feel like it was your fault? Yeah. Was it your fault? No. But at the time it felt like it, right? Yeah. I think that's really important to sit with because I'm noticing this, there's, there's this trend of feeling like a burden, feeling like hopelessness, feeling like a burden, like I can't take Tom's time, right? I can't, I, I feel bad coming on the stream, taking Tom's time. Sorry about that. Oh, you know, sorry, I'm crying. Sorry, you know, to your, to your family for taking care of you. Sorry to um, your mom, all that stuff. Let me, let me ask you this, F7. If, if I told you there was a little girl who was growing up with um, a drug-addicted mom and family members coming over constantly to check on her and aunt checking on her to make sure she's doing okay in school, would you say that that's okay for the other family members to sacrifice for that little girl? Yeah. Would you say she deserves that help? Yes. <laughs> and so the question is, when you think about it, do you think you deserve the help? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm getting I'm getting teary too, actually. No, see, there it is again. Right? It's just programmed in. You feel like a burden. Sorry, oh I'm a burden. It's okay. It's okay to burden each other. It's okay to be selfish, right? I think at a young age, yeah. a lot of this probably stems from you feel like uh, being a burden to other people. And that's really deeply ingrained in you. And you can't burden other people, which is probably fueling a lot of this hopelessness today with endometriosis. I think there's probably two aspects to this that's greatly fueling a lot of um, the feelings today. You know? What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, I think that is true. And I didn't realize that. You know, I just thought it was all stemming from one thing. The endometriosis. <sighs> yeah. It could be. It could be. Um, it, it's, there's, there's, there's a couple of, there, there could be, like, what I'm hearing is basically two major themes. And um, Dr. K, have you seen any of his stuff, by the way? Um, I follow his podcast on Spotify, okay. and I've listened to one of his uh, episodes. Yeah. Not all the way through. So one of the things you'll hear him talk about is a samskar, which is basically an undigested ball of emotion, which I suspect there's a samskar oh. with um, the past about feeling like a burden. And mm. my my suggestion for you on this is to to go back and explore that time, but also sit with the feelings because we did a little bit of that today and a lot of times people feel like they themselves don't deserve the compassion they don't deserve to be selfish they don't deserve the help because they feel like a burden but it's so much easier if we just reframe that story as someone else a stranger a friend in need and then all of a sudden that person deserves the compassion and the help and so you as your adult self if you were to be like an older sister to your younger self, who is feeling like a burden to your extended family, who is feeling like um, your mom, that you're contributing to your mom uh, and her addictions, taking your pills. What would you say to your younger self? To oh. your, that younger sister? Um... I would tell her it's not her fault. How could it be? She didn't do anything. She just existed. And bad things happened around her, not because of her. And I think that is going to be an example of how you have compassion for yourself. And how that compassion is going to help kind of digest a lot of these feelings of feeling like a burden. So um, I, I think this is something that you might want to explore and um, possibly, this is going to sound like a weird transition to plug, but healthy gamer coaching, I think that would be a, a good um, healthy gamer GG. They do coaching, which is kind of a similar, like a uh, similar way of exploring these topics. And I think, um, uh, you may benefit from that coaching either or like therapy. So, uh, do you see anyone for treatment or mm -hmm. coaching or anything like that currently? No. Have you ever tried it in the past? I should. 
uh, when I was very little, I had a therapist for like once or two like sessions. So I, I think this might help you significantly to either go to therapy or try healthy gamer coaching for um, feeling like a burden, the hopelessness around the endometriosis. Because I, I think there's gonna be a lot of benefit kind of unpacking and exploring all of that. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I think so. It's like I like you said, it's hard for me to ask for help. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that early on. It was it was difficult to get you in here because you're feeling guilty <laughs> like a burden, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not interrupting my workouts, okay? So you're not a burden. I've been <laughs> sets anyway, and I'm going to go ahead and do a set right now as we're talking. So okay. the second thing um, I was going to say was about the... Um, the pain, the experience of the pain by yourself. Um, mm. Can you tell me more about experiencing the pain by itself? And, yeah. And in particular, like, it, it sounds like two different issues, but I'm not sure. Was it a, a different mm -hmm. issue exploring, um, exploring the pain from mm -hmm. when you're at that swimming pool? pool party downstairs mm -hmm. by yourself crying mm -hmm. does any of that resonate or relate to how you were as a little girl i'm just wondering if there's a connection there I i'm not sure i'm just guessing in the dark <clears throat> um <laughs> yes maybe i think like i said this is a very new experience but yeah i mean i can also see how it relates to that in a big way um this time, like, <clears throat> so I guess to be, like, a little bit specific, I don't know, like, what is too much information <laughs> and what isn't. Um, I, I, I don't care. Like, if you want to talk about bleeding menstrual cycles, I, I think that's oh, okay. perfectly fine. <laughs> it's a natural okay, part of the body. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, like, when I started getting the pain, uh, the pain would only come uh, during my period, and it would last for about two weeks, and it was just... Um, like extreme, extreme pain. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and that was going on for like seven months, I think before I got uh, surgery and they um, gave me an IUD, which is supposed to help uh, regulate the hormones that cause the overgrowth of the cells in my body that caused the pain. So that time was really hard when I was having two weeks long of pain where I couldn't get out of bed and I just felt like this useless like lump that everyone needed to help all the time. Um, and when you felt was, like that, that useless lump that everyone needed to help, mm -hmm. did that remind you of your childhood? Yes. Ah. I mean, it didn't, but now I could see the parallel. I mean, how you felt as that useless lump, did you feel like a useless lump at all? growing up in your childhood. I, I could yeah, be guessing. Not, it could I mean, be unrelated that you don't, you, you never felt that same feeling there. I mean, yes and no, it was different because I felt like, um, again, like, I don't know what's TMI, but like, uh, like to my partner, um, you know, se like in a sexual way, I felt very useless and like he deserved better and more mm. from someone. And that yeah. was rough. And I guess as a child, I felt like, you know, my grandparents and whatever deserved, 
you know, not to deal with me all the time. Where did you learn that they shouldn't so, have to deal with you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, on, on the simple answer, I think, is it's all related to being a burden. But I think it's important for mm -hmm. you to think about that a bit. Where did you learn people shouldn't have to deal with burdens? Where did you le learn that people shouldn't have to deal with you? Where did you learn that? Right. That's That's... I mean, it could be repressed memories. I don't know. But it's important, right. I think, to kind of backtrack it to the source. Identify the source and have compassion for that little sister you. Because a lot of what you're feeling today could be echoes from the past of when you were growing up and started to learn that you were a burden and it's not okay to be a burden. And I, I suspect a lot of that is all tied together. Um... And what else? Okay, so um, I want to shift gears a little bit to actually now um, shift over to some practical stuff. So I, mm -hmm. I don't think, because you've, you've lost the weight before. I think you know how to yes. lose the weight, right? You've been... Well... Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's another... <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh man okay let's go let's go like, oh i just have all this trauma oh um it, oh god um and so i struggled with like eating disorders in high school mm -hmm. and like overuse of uh laxatives and stuff mm -hmm. um mostly anorexia and binge eating so mm -hmm. like when i lost the weight like three years ago i cut my calories down to 1200 a day and I was exercising like over over exercising. Yeah. So like I don't really I'm not very good at losing weight in a healthy manner. Got it. I guess. Okay. Um, and that's like now, yeah, struggling with that. My my point is I think you've been you've been a long enough viewer and community member mm -hmm. that I don't I, I I I'm pretty sure you've heard me talk about you know, losing weight in a healthy way, refeeding and kind of mm -hmm. identify, like don't eat below BMR calories, that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Cause you know, I'm, I'm just to repeat all that, but instead of just repeating all it, let me ask you this. Right. Do you have any specific questions about any of that or struggles with any of that? Well, like right now, my biggest struggle is trying to find a balance between like, like eating in a happy way and eating in a healthy way, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously like food makes me happy and like food that's yummy and whatever but like I want to make sure I'm not just like because like when I would eat so little calories I would sleep all the time so that I wouldn't eat mm -hmm. and I was just I was unhappy and then every time I'd get a compliment on how much weight I'm losing oh you look so good like what are you doing you're losing so much weight I'd be like oh it's worth it mm. but I'm trying to find the middle ground of where is it taking away from my mental health losing weight in that way how did you feel when people were complimenting you amazing what was amazing about it it just felt like i did something right and people were proud of that do you need people to be proud of you <laughs> feels like it are people proud of you maybe are you are you proud of you um, I don't know. Um, I don't, maybe in some aspects, like I'm a kind person. 
Yeah. I'm but, just fishing um, right now. Right. To see if there's some sort of other mental block there about mm-hmm. needing to praise. Because, I mean, let's, let's be real. Hey, praise feels nice. When people, like, yeah. praise, praises me from chat, praise, praise right there. When he praises or anyone praises <laughs> me, I feel good. Like, it's, I'm not going to lie. Like, it makes me feel good. It makes the ego feel good. Uh, all that stuff. Right. Um, the question becomes, do we need it? And that's, that's kind of a hard right. question to kind of sift through here. Cause like, let's be real. Like most of us enjoy compliments. It's just, it feels good. Um, but, uh, <laughs> there's a difference between like, I need it versus, oh, that's nice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know? So I, I don't, right. I don't know. That's something to think about. Um, I'll give you a quick example with like bodybuilding and fitness and stuff like that. Um, some people, we talk about Instagram selfies. I, I've heard people, um, in the fitness space, there's no shortage of Instagram selfies. And I heard some people criticize like, oh man, they're just doing that because they're, they, um, they, they're really shallow or they don't love themselves. They need something to love them. And that may be true for some people. Some people do need the attention because they're trying to meet some need that they never had, that they never felt proud of themselves or they never, or no one felt proud of them. They need to like prove something. Maybe, right? There, there could be some issue there. It could be that... They want to just share progress. They're proud of it. They're happy. They, they completed right. a craft and they want to show this craft. It could be for business reasons. They want to, you know, they're, they're marketing themselves because let's be real, fitness space is a bit of a business. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there could be a lot of reasons. And, and, and um, the point in that was the, for the anorexia and the losing weight, um, mm-hmm. your mind seemed to, to gravitate towards the, oh, I felt good, right? When people were complimenting me it could be nothing but it might be something to think about um if there if there may be something more there i I don't know but yeah um i think there yeah um but that uh moving on the the losing weight stuff i I will say this because we're a little bit short on time but we can continue chatting Mm -hmm. in in the um the general streams um basically Mm -hmm. For the losing weight in a healthy way, the quick tips and guidelines are you probably shouldn't be if you're eating to the point eating so low that there are signs your body is not okay with it. Now, the hunger, I'm going to guess because of your history of anorexia, you have learned to psychologically shut off the hunger. And so that hunger cue is probably going to be hard for you to notice. But you may notice other cues that are harder to ignore, like feeling tired or sleepy all the time or like your workouts are really crappy. I believe we talked about this before, right? Like a long time ago. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. your, your workouts are in the gutter when you're eating like a thousand calories or, so, or something. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. So that's that's something that um, as a rule of thumb, I would try not to eat below BMR calories, maybe slightly below. But um, as a rule of thumb, so like if you're eating 50 percent under right. your BMR, that's probably too low. And that's probably going to right. lead to the same pattern of the yo-yoing. Um, the other stuff, other tips in general, I mean, right now you're dealing with endometriosis. I kind of think the weight loss is very much secondary or tertiary compared to the importance of dealing with, um, figuring out if there's another solution to your endometriosis. So my my point in that is cut yourself some slack and listen to your body right now. Remember that losing the weight is you could seriously lose the weight anytime. When I say anytime, what I mean is if you were um, in so much pain that you literally could not move and you were bedridden all day, you could still technically lose weight 
by just reducing calories. And obviously it's easier said than done. My point in all that is there's a bigger problem to focus on, which is one, the endometriosis and the, the extreme physical pain you're in. And two, um, digesting some of these mental blocks that comes with um, the mental pain, right? I, I should say um, unnecessary mental pain in the sense of the endometriosis is physical and yeah, you kind of can't ignore that right now. But the mental pain, there's probably a healing solution there for you today through, oh, wow, healthy gamer GG coaching. <laughs> but um, through you know some sort of therapy or coaching that could help you kind of unravel that and at least eliminate one of those two burdens. And then the third thing I would say, yeah, let's let's get you. Um, let's look at this from a very relaxed perspective of you can lose the weight anytime in the future. But if you want to start now, let's listen to your body, see how you're feeling with endometriosis, see where you can reduce calories or increase activity wherever you can, and then cut yourself a lot of slack if you're hurting so bad that you can't stick with it or you are extra hungry and your body's telling you you need some more food right now because um, you can undo, you can lose the weight in the future. Like, like, let's try not to balloon and, and become 400 pounds because um, yes, if you reach extreme obesity, there is some long-lasting effects that will make things harder. But for the most part, my point is... Um, don't beat yourself up if you don't lose any weight for the next year. Don't beat yourself up if you gain five or 10 pounds. You know, don't beat yourself up in general. That's kind of the message here. Right. What do you think about that? Well, that feels really good to hear because I just, I don't know. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I feel like everyone, I don't know, to like look a certain way. Yeah. For some reason. So it, like it is really nice to hear someone be like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's also worth exploring why you want to look good for someone else, because there's, there's two aspects to that. And it, there's a lot of unfortunate extremism on both ends of like, you should only look good for you. Do it for you, sister. Or like, you need to look good for other people. You need to like look your best all the time or something like that. And so there's, there's two extremes. And I think it's important to understand there's probably some middle ground to where if you watch that interview with Dr. K, where I, I interviewed him, um, he asked me why I work out, why I do this. One of the reasons is I want to look good for my spouse. I want to stay attractive for her. Um, and that's that um, I, I think in today's current culture, there is one side of extremism that says like, no, you shouldn't have to try to look good for anyone, which I, I agree with that to a degree, but I also disagree with it too. Like it's, you know, it can be a good and healthy thing to try to look good mm -hmm. for your spouse. I'm not trying to put pressure on you on anything, but I'm trying to you know, explore that there can be middle ground right. to these two extremes. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing because to, to, um, to give a little bit of uh, more insight on this, Helen, for example, uh, one of her struggles was she was focused too much on doing it for herself when in reality she was better at sticking with things if she focused on doing it for someone else. So looking good for herself was not very motivating for her, but do it looking good for her spouse and also staying healthy for her children. That is, um, that's way more motivating for her to stick with stuff. That being right. said, it's still a day-to-day -day struggle and it's still, um, it still isn't perfect, but I just want to give some, uh, show some different shades of gray to that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and finally, I, what I, I want to ask you, okay, there's two more quick topics I want to just touch on, uh, mm -hmm. which is the anorexia 
I wanted to ask you about the anorexia because um, in my experience, people, people who are anorexic are often anorexic because of control issues where they didn't have control in their life, but this was a place they could control and it felt good. Um, what do you think about that? And I'm going to do a set while you're talking. I'm still listening. Oh, yeah. I never I actually never thought about that like that. And that makes a lot of sense because it was uh, mostly like in high school that I had to deal with that. And that was when I moved in with my dad. And um, I mean, I was having less like crazy stuff going on around me. But I like you said, it might have felt good to be in control of something. I don't know. And with like, I don't know, high school, like I said, that was a hard time too. And I, I go back and forth between like why I think I need to lose weight. And, you know, especially right now, like I'm following a lot of body, like body positive people online because I've gained so much weight and I'm just trying to be okay with who I am. But then I go back and forth between this mindset of like, should I be okay with who I am and not try to lose the weight or should I try to lose the weight? because what health or appearance or what like trying to find the reason why yeah i hear you that's a really good man that's a really good long discussion yeah for that one maybe we should bring you on for a second interview or a second call maybe in in May to discuss that particular topic, if you don't mind, like remembering that for me. If not, that we talk about it during a stream, just a generic stream. Okay. Um, that being said, my my short answer is I think you're gonna make way more progress in that avenue, just exploring your past over the things we talked about with your uh, childhood, and also. For the most part, I think not even focusing on that right now, because weight loss, again, should, um, unless it greatly affects endometriosis, which I don't know, that might be some good research for yourself to look at weight loss and endometriosis mm -hmm. if it um, benefits, benefits, I don't know. But anyway, um, right. I, I think the more important thing is to be okay with either outcome, being okay with right. losing the weight and being okay with staying where you're at, where you are, or gaining more weight. That being said, obviously, from a health perspective, if on the BMI scale, you are in the morbid obesity range, from a health perspective, yes, it makes complete sense to try to bring that down. But right. the key distinction I'm saying is, you can still try and make steps to do it, and take action, and take intelligent action, and make a plan, all that stuff, that's okay. But the point is, is, is letting go and being okay with either outcome to where you don't beat yourself up. You don't feel like a burden. You don't start revisiting yeah. all these negative emotions with it because that's just counterproductive. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We all screw up on our journey for weight loss or weight gain, whatever it is. The point is, it's okay to make mistakes and not get there and just do one step at a time and, and slowly move the needle forward and sometimes backward. But hopefully forward, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's there's one more thing I wanted to um, talk about. And actually, for the anorexia thing and the control, uh, if I can give you some homework, can you think about that some more and then report back yeah. to me? Because I want to hear more if you think about like, was it a control issue? Was it not? Did it feel good to have control? That kind of stuff. Um, 
I think about that and just let me know sometime. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, before I forget, Intuitive Eating, a book called Intuitive Eating. Oh, okay. I actually, I read something about that online the other day and it looked like something, I didn't know if it was just like a, something's, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like if it had <laughs> so something behind it. We were just talking about this in the Discord. Um, okay. Let me see here. Um, I just tagged you in the Discord, exclamation mark Discord chat, join the Discord, um, read up on the confessions room, scroll up a lot for the past few days. You'll see a long discussion on intuitive eating. Long story short, it kind of improves relationship with food where you don't view it as a black and white, healthy or unhealthy thing. And I think that book would probably benefit, yeah. benefit you greatly. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah, that is definitely something I'm interested in because I think like the over obsessing about it is yes. one of the reasons I fail often. Yes, but I think that book will help decouple that. Now, obviously, the rules still apply. To lose weight, you need a calorie deficit. But right. I believe the goal of that book is to decouple the negative emotions associated with it and to learn to listen to your body's cues, which if you were anorexic before, you've probably shut off that hunger sensation, which I, I, I mean, I don't know. You tell me, like, if you eat at 1,000, 1,200 calories, are you able to sustain that without feeling very hungry? Well... Ever like since I got diagnosed when I was like in bed a lot, I I would eat a lot more, which is probably why I gained a lot of the weight. Mm -hmm. But like eating felt good when I was in pain, mm -hmm. so I did that more. So yeah, I I do feel hungrier now. Okay, man, that's another one too. Next time, if we have another discussion, those two topics, the mm -hmm. whole body positive thing, and also um, eating feels good. If you don't mind, just like oh okay, jot those down as something that I would like to explore more with you in this kind of um sense but um mm -hmm. yeah um the last thing i want to talk about is my experience with back pain which i'll probably just share on stream um mm -hmm. uh but i want to ask you like how do you feel about this discussion and do you have any questions um, or thoughts for me well this has already been really helpful i think crying was helpful and getting out some of the stuff i haven't been able to talk about was really helpful and realizing yeah. that it was just it wasn't just like lack of motivation or lack of energy, you know, it was a whole mental state contributing. Yeah. That could be I've been feeling a huge mental block, making things so much harder. Yeah. Okay. I've just been like, why can yeah. I have this motivation? You know? Yeah. And I think this is important to explore because when it comes to motivation, there could be so many things going on. And this, I think, mm -hmm. um, this is probably gonna be a huge aspect to this that'll improve your day-to-day mm -hmm. -day general motivation. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, anyway, um, let me think. Do you have any other questions or thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, F7, for coming on so suddenly and having this discussion. Thank you. And I'll see you back in the chat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.